Leftoist Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 13. Popping the Questions. I feel like this episode should have been titled Peppered with Questions. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Isn't that pretty good? Yeah, it's really good. Thank you. This is the episode that everybody gets one-on-one time with the experts. And then we had some exciting secret spy cam action that totally feels like they took a note from Mathis Awe because it's a big thing they do with Mathis Australia. There's very few things I would want us to take from Mathis Awe for Mathis US, but that's a good one. But before we jump in, just some reminders. We are on all of the social meds. As Till Death Do Us Recap. Well, that's a lie. We're not on Twitter yet, but we're on TikTok and Instagram. And we have our link tree there. That's where you can go buy us a coffee if you feel so inclined to contribute to the the pod cause. And you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to pods. If you can leave a written review on Apple Podcasts in particular, it's a huge, huge, huge help. And thank you so much again to all of you who continue to listen every week, share it with your friends who are commenting on the social meds, like all of it. It's so much fun and like engaging with you all throughout the week is such an important part of keeping us going. So we really appreciate you. Okay, moving on, let's jump in to who I feel the most mayday, mayday about right now which is Olajuwon and Katina. They wouldn't you they wouldn't have you believe that they're in a mayday situation. Oh, absolutely not, which is all the more reason to mayday. Like it's part of it adds a new layer of like I'm stressed and freaked out because you're in complete denial. So we open with this couple on an outing to like what appears to be like kind of a specialty market. Seems cool. Yeah. So they're shopping together. And of course, immediately it feels loaded again because like O has made so many rude comments around like she doesn't even know how to grocery shop. She doesn't cook, blah, blah. So they're shopping together and he's and I something else needs to be said. Katina looks like shit in this episode. Whoa. She looks like shit, not like she's a gorgeous human being, but she looks weary Exhausted, defeated. Yes, like, and I feel like it gets worse throughout the episode. But I noticed it for most of it. Like her eyes look very puffy. She looks like tired and like she's been crying. She's looking skinnier to me. Like I don't know. I just am alarmed. So we've got that part of it as well to be just paying attention to. And they're in the store, and he's just classic Elijah Wan, like shitting. He he's. Shitting all over her. He's tense. And don't you feel like there's, he's sort of like on one when we're here. And I'm like, what? Like everything she grabs, he's shitting on. Every activity is some sort of game or quiz. Yes. In which she has to prove herself to him. I know. It, it, I'm it's so like done. they're talking about ribs. He's quizzing her on seasoning. I know. What the hell is going on? And he's like, Do you really know how to? Oh, I don't think you know how to make lamb. You've said that before about other things. And then he's in his interview. It's definitely, you know, grocery shopping. It's definitely something I need to be behind her. 
and to guide her, you know, because we just don't eat the same things. And then he brings up the ribs because, you know, he's he shut her down on the lamb. She she couldn't possibly make lamb, even though she suggested she make lamb. And he pulls out ribs to test her. How would you? You've never made me these. She's like, oh, I could make you that. I'll make you that. And he's like, I don't know. What would you do? What would you do? And then she starts listing. Well, first I'd do the seasoning. Now, what do you mean when you say seasoning? You know, because you're always saying seasoning, but I'm like, you're an asshole. <laughs> like a straight up asshole. Especially, which this is the one, one single moment that I felt like Katina conceded something, which is that she admitted in an interview, all he knows how to do is make scrambles and omelets. Yeah, so he only knows how to make breakfast. shut your trap. Yeah. Like, literally shut your trap. You have no basis to be picking her apart in this way. So he's just really continuously condescending, then turns it into, like, bringing up, like, what if we competed against each other and... You know, you're never going to get my family fried chicken recipe unless you beat me in a competition, which you won't. Again, all he cooks is breakfast. So, like, I don't know why you're talking such a big game, even though this is a ridiculous thing to be talking game to your partner about. But (laughs) you know what the last thing this couple needs is a chopped competition. Right. Like, that's not going to do good for anyone. Please. Please. Please don't do that. So that's just like, I'm like, really? Like, that's our opening scene that was already upsetting. And then we move into um, our expert time. So, which let us note at the beginning, Katina, see, like, doesn't want to do this very much. Yeah. And I actually, I have a theory that, like, she doesn't want to do it because when you're already in an unhealthy dynamic, you don't want to talk to experts if you're hell bent on staying in it. Yeah. And you certainly don't want those dynamics to be exposed and to start freaking you out and questioning if the relationship is right. And I think that that's a classic like scenario, unfortunately, with women who are with more like abusive or controlling or manipulative men. And it also needs to be noted that, uh, Dr. Pepper, DP, if you will, DP absolutely gets paired up with whoever the bigger piece of work in the relationship is. Like, hands down. Yeah. Hands down. It's it's like, at first you're like, oh, it's a gender thing. It's a swip swap. No. She gets put with whoever is the more difficult, complicated partner. So, Pastor, and like. Uh, except for Steve. Would you say she met with Steve? True. So outside True. of that, yes. Sure. So. Sure. But I do but think I, that, that, that was point, necessary though. in and of itself because Steve is going to have to guide this ship. This is true. You know? Yeah. So we have Pastor Cal and Katina. We bring up the dating app conflict among both of them pretty much right away, which I guess had happened exactly eight days ago at this point. Um, he really focuses in on... Helping Katina, he thinks like the answer to all of this is Katina just needs to better understand Elijah Wan's triggers and what sends him over the edge so that rather than feeling upset by his reactions or personally hurt, we could at least understand why he acts the way he does. So he's basically implying like 
You should ask more questions. You should start finding out some more things about him. Like, so what I put is, okay, what about demanding better from him? Yeah. Like, what the hell? I don't know. It just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And Pastor Cowell, I like him as a person and think he has a good heart. I do always feel a little bit mixed about his feedback. And there's other things that I have. Like, overall, I appreciate what he brings to the table. But sometimes I just feel like he doesn't quite get it right. And this was one where, I don't know, it just really upset me. It's like, on one hand, we have, which we'll get to, obviously, Dr. Pepper really zeroing in on O and the way he treats her and the way he communicates with her and puts her down. But then we've got this meeting with Katina and Pastor Cal, and like that's not really being addressed other than how can you understand his triggers better? Yeah. That's such a like, that's a piece of the puzzle, but that is not the whole puzzle. Absolutely. And that's putting too much on her, in my opinion. Absolutely agree. I think, here's the thing with Pastor Cal. I think he's really good with the guys. But I think sometimes my criticism with him in the past is how I don't feel like maybe this should have been switched. Maybe, like, I don't know, maybe it should have been Dr. Pepper with Katina. I, I, well, I don't know. Well, the only thing like, with that is that I wouldn't have trusted Pastor Cal to be hard enough on O. Yeah, I mean, I wish this conversation was more centered around, do you feel heard in this marriage? Yeah. Do you feel like you can speak up in this marriage? I, I think, I don't know. The way that Katina holds her, carries herself, I feel like she needs to be empowered Yes. right now. And yes. maybe she is and she's just ca- carries herself in a, like in a way that doesn't that speaks the opposite of that. So. I don't think so either, but that's my problem. Like can we top to stop talking about understanding why he's getting triggered and just expect better from him exactly. or or reminding you and empowering you that you have equal say in this marriage. Right, and that you can like if he is talking to you in a disrespectful way, you don't have to receive all of it. Right? Yeah. They get into sex too, and that we talk about how she's basically waiting to be completely swept away in love before she does it because I've never heard this term and I frigging love it. She's afraid of getting dick dizzy, <laughs> which is once you have sex, you have no, like, oh, you, you lose all of your sense of judgment and. You're so done for at that point in terms of like being ride or die for this person that you can't maybe see the signs. The interesting part to me is like, I would argue you're already dick dizzy, girl. Like, I don't know how, but like you're already in the, you're already like in Elijah Wan's control web. And like, I don't know, sex or no sex, like it's already there. But Pastor Cal is definitely pushing them to have sex. He's basically implies being dick dizzy in marriage is good. And he's making it all about like, you know, this is different. Like, it's not good to be dick dizzy when you're dating or hooking up. But when you're married, it's actually very good because this relationship will never, ever end. And that stuff, sometimes I'm like, Pastor Cal, shut up. We all know there's a decision day. Yeah. In two weeks. Okay. 
where they're going to decide if they're going to stay together or not. So she might not be so sure that this is going on forever and ever yet. And you acting like, I mean, that's why this show is, it's just, it's such a like, there's so many contradictions in it, right? <laughs> like we've been talking about throughout the whole season. But yeah, that just, I was like, I mean, he's basically implying like, you're still afraid. And the fact that you're not having sex shows that there's areas that you're still not letting yourself fully dive in or you're letting go. And you know what? He might be right. But what if the part of her that isn't letting go yet is the smart side of her that is seeing these red flags and feeling extreme concerns about what the implications are for her future, especially because of her past? And again, this is where I struggle with Pastor Cal's perspective because I just feel like you're completely dismissing the history we all know she has with abusive men in her past. And you're basically saying, no, jump off the ledge, go all in or else you'll never know. And it's like, what if the very thing keeping her from doing that is something that we all talk about so much more now than ever, which is like a woman's intuition and the messages she's getting from herself, like alarm bells, those should be listened to. Yeah. You know? He's like, we vetted this guy. Go have sex with him. Right, right. Which bothers me. (laughs) So in light of that, we have Dr. Pepper and Elijah Wan. And he, you know, starts describing the relationship, in my opinion, in classic love bomby ways where he needs everyone to think that everything's perfect. He's gushing, gushing, gushing. And she's like, okay, well, what improvements would you like to see in the marriage? And the thing that stood out to me the most is, you know, I think sometimes I just worry, like, I want her to keep being herself. I want her to be a partner, not a shadow. I'm like, you are such a bastard. You want all of both worlds. You want the submissive, obedient, domestic wife of 1952. Yeah, he even mentioned before, I'm a tradi- I want a traditional at the grocery store. And then I want you a traditional simultaneously marriage. want a girl who like speaks her mind and is independent and has all of the same life skills as you and can stand up to you. You know what I mean? And, and you I'm can't like, have it both ways. No, you don't even know. Like, what is this? This is like a cherry-picked character trait list from movies you've been watching. It just drives me nuts. And then he does bring up the dating app. I just need us to take the quickest tangent. So, like, obviously they do a quick remontage of, like, the dinner party from hell, him finding the phone, the fighting. Completely. How did we miss that at the table in front of everyone when he's starting to describe what he's going through right now, he says, I just feel completely befiddled and befooled. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, literally, how did we miss be fiddled and be fooled? I don't know, but if, it's a great word choice. It's so good. None of them are words, and but you know exactly what he means. I thought they were words. <laughs> so Dr. Pepper basically, the second she gets a chance to really speak into anything, says, I'm worried because I think that, like, based on what I'm hearing from others, which AKA apparently is- got to be what, producers- People right. on people, producers, people filming, walking around, following the people them responsible most hours of the day. for yeah. informing the experts on a regular basis of what is going on because that is how the show freaking works. 
And he br- she brings up, I'm concerned that you talk down to her. Absolutely not. He absolutely does not talk down to her. Does he sometimes get passionate? I which we're gonna talk about that word because I'm so sick of it. Does he sometimes passionate? Feel strong things. Yes, maybe sometimes I can get stern. I'm sorry. Isn't that a word for like a parent with their child? (laughs) Um, But never belittle. Did you apologize for embarrassing her? Of course. And then she's basically trying to walk this tightrope with him where she eventually is like, have you ever examined? Because he he just, his whole thing is people who really know me know that deep down I'm more than my reactions and that, yeah, my reactions are a lot, but when you really get to know me, I'm not as angry or mean or controlling of a person as I seem. And soon you'll know, like my coach said last week, that I am a really a harmless guy and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like, basically, like, this is just the way I am, right? This is the way I am. Love me or walk away, you know? Yeah. And she's like, have you ever considered examining your tone? examining why you go to these places when you get upset, you know? And then she brings up, I've heard that like, even since you guys made up about that, you've told her she has no life skills, that she's behind you in maturation. He loses his shit, loses his shit. If anyone's going to say something, he starts looking around the, you can tell he's looking at all the producers, which is, super, it's just sort of unnerving. He basically starts looking around going, oh, oh, you heard things? You heard things? You don't know anything. If people are going to say something, like, have it be positive. But, like, and he's acting like... This whole say it to my face bullshit thing is... Not relevant. not relevant at all. At all. Here's the thing. It's on camera. It's on film. Literally. You've acted this way, and it's on film. So... like whether duck, she's watching it or hearing it, or it's hearing there. It, it's there. We've all seen it. We've all seen it. America's seen it. Exactly. Like, I don't. This isn't. Why are you talking bad this isn't behind gossiping my back? No. This is like, and and she needs relevant information to help to be you guys in this relationship. Right. That's the role of the expert. I know. Like, what? Only talk about the positives. Give me a break. That's not what your therapist when, is for. You know, he goes. He, he goes down this path of you're you're bringing this stuff up to make me look bad. Yeah, you did that to yourself. That. Exactly. You're I making of yourself look bad. I what are you talking about, dude? Right. I know. And then, oh my god! So we fast forward to the group volleyball game, which I found to be a very interesting choice. I'm like, really, this is your like attempt to. Do the same thing Mathis Awe does, but make it look different. I'm like, this would have been so much better if this was just a dinner party, let's be honest. But Mm. whatever. They decide to do this whole charade on the volleyball court, which, like, God bless Katina, has clearly never bumped a volleyball in her life. She is actually just flailing. Like, it's just... It's a hundred percent body flailing. (laughs) Normally, when there's a sporting activity... I mm-hmm. have notes. I have no notes. <laughs> yeah, because there was no point. Everyone was having a hard time. <laughs> so we obviously get to, so 
Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal are hiding out, watching this all unfold. And after the game, we sit down, we have Chancellor Steve be like, so how's everyone's marriage going? Chancellor Steve. <laughs> and we get to Elijah Wan. Of course, he has to speak for them on the behalf of the full couple. You know, Dr. Pepper had concerns that I belittle my wife. So I says to Dr. Pepper's, I'm sorry, we just, it's so cute and funny that it's Dr. Pepper's plural constantly. <laughs> You're, and it's also so Boston for like, I feel like I heard his Boston accent mm. for the first time in a real way. So I says to Dr. Peppers, you're getting the wrong impression. And, the, and then he's like, I went home, you guys, and I asked Katina, do I belittle you? And she's just sitting there and gets this weird smirk on her face. And he goes, see? And that's the look on her face. Is that the face of someone who thinks I belittle them? No. clearly." Like she, it shows you how ridiculous and insulting the question is to begin with, which, ooh, is one of my biggest pet peeves with like hyper masculine dudes who, when they are confronted with any version of feedback and then their response is to not answer the question at all and throw the thing right back in your face. And can you even believe the audacity? to ask me such a question. Mind you, we're all sitting there thinking, no, you idiot. Katina's making that face not because she thinks it's such a ridiculous question. It's it's like the grin and bear it emoji. It's like, ooh, I'm not going to answer. I'm just sitting here. Yeah. Like, that's not what that, That's not what that face means. No. And then he's going on. Dr. Peppers didn't help me at all. Not at all. 90% of it was a waste. I could have met with an expert and talked about something that was actually going to feed my marriage. Something that's going to be positive. And, oh, and then he starts going, if you're going to feed something, and he's doing the looking around thing again. So he's clearly, once again, angrily addressing the producers. If you're going to feed something to my marriage, feed something that's going to be positive, you know? And he gets back into, I don't do the he said, she said stuff. I don't play that game. You guys know me. I don't play that. Shut oh up. Oh, my gosh. And then we have the Dr. Pepper and uh, Pastor Cal come out, like, right after he's just wailing on Dr. Pepper and her uselessness. He gives an all-time facial expression. When he sees them. Coming. I know. All time. I know. Expression. He's like so shitting his pants. And we get uh, Dr. Pepper addressing him pretty straight on. She basically says, look, I'm not gossiping. I am translating what I'm hearing from the people who are watching you every day. Nothing more, nothing less. But ultimately, you being happy is what matters the most. And if you guys say that you're happy together, like, I'm not going to argue that. And he's like, this is me and Katina's marriage. You know, we can't we can't shake it up and change it just to please America or please other people. And she's standing there. That's like in an interview after she's standing next to him and she looks so bedraggled. I, I guess to be fair, they were also had just did exercise, but Anyways, and then when it's his turn to say where he's at, he's gushing, then he needs to reiterate he's not in love yet. Um, but 
you know, and then Pastor Cal's like, most people think that they're in love or most people are in love before they think they're in love. You you know, his classic, you grow into love, you don't fall into love thing. And all I have to say is that Katina is just sitting there. And it really bothers me that when the experts are done with talking to Elijah Wan, they decide they're done speaking to this couple. And I'm like, you guys are talking out of both sides of your mouth. You say you care and you're concerned about Katina being belittled and not being heard. And yet every time you address them, you tend to take O at face value. You allow him to speak on behalf of the couple and not just himself. And then really, after this whole confrontation, you don't think it's important to put the spotlight on Katina and ask her some personal questions about how she feels about all of this, you just go, okay, moving on. That like made me so angry. Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, I thought you were concerned about her well being. And she's just sitting there in mostly complete silence. You didn't get her, she didn't speak into any of this. And like the best you've given her all week in her one on one was ask some more questions to find out why he reacts the way he does. Like I, I was just so impressed. And this is an area that I just feel that the experts on this show are really ill-equipped to handle. I think that Dr. Viv, I mean, she's, let's be real. She's the only licensed practitioner here. Dr. Viv is the only one who I've seen come close to really addressing this through a truly like therapeutic lens And yet she's only been with them once and we haven't heard from her since. Like I would have rather her been at this thing, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Um, But I just, I really don't think the show, the the experts tend to not be very well equipped to handle like fucked up power dynamics like this. And when we're inching towards what looks like an emotionally abusive and controlling relationship, and then you're just feeding them all the same lines you feed everyone else. Like, hold on, never let go, Jack. Freaking, it's all about, you know, it just bothers me. I'm like, this isn't the same. It's not a carbon copy situation, so you can't treat it like it. I just felt like I was a little underwhelmed with this whole watching behind the scenes reveal. Um, the drama reality show person in me felt mm-hmm. like, Pepper and Cal could have like pushed a little bit more. And yeah. I was annoyed because it's Olajuwon it, wanted at the before they come out an apology from Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and I feel like she kind of just gave him, she gave him one. And not letting Katina speak. And like they could have dug in more and been like doubled down and said, no, this is these are the things that we've seen on tape and they were like i don't know i just felt like it was like oh well we're we're sorry you know as long as you're happy that's fine period and it's like excuse me yeah like, gets into your thing about not being able to handle this situation i mean and to be fair like the shitty part about relationships that start looking this way is that experts or non-experts you know there is only so much they can do And that is true as well, because when two people are locked into an unhealthy dynamic and they're unwilling to look at it, even when one of them appears to be being the one primarily like victimized by the situation, 
if she doesn't see it that way. Yeah, good point. Then what can really be done? Yeah, but right. again, I believe that the one thing the experts could have done more, not thinking that she's going to like walk out the door today, but at the least planting some seeds of some questions that really get her thinking about like how I'm being treated and is this okay? You know? And I just, I don't think they went far enough with that. And I guess my last thing with them is just Elijah Wan was on after party this week. Yeah. I was wondering if we're going to get into this. And it just bothered me because I did feel like, I know we both felt like Keisha was a little bit soft on him. And I just think it's very telling when she asked about how he's handled certain things, like, would he take them back or what was your opinion? Or, oh, the reaction to Dr. Pepper. I'm sorry. The reaction to the Dr. Pepper confrontation. He wishes he didn't get so emotional because of how it will look to other people, not because of anything else. (laughs) I just and I just I was like I feel yeah I feel, and then Steve also made a point to say like yeah Elijah Wan reacts inappropriately but he usually responds well he takes feedback and accountability well once he realizes how his delivery is impacting other people and yeah I just put like I feel like everyone is buying into the manipulation a little bit and my conspiracy theorist side, which is a very, very small side, but as it pertains to all of our unfrickin' answered questions about the neck tattoo, the making up from that crazy fight that we never actually watched in action, and then we suddenly see a selfie video of them saying, we're all good, we, we um, solved it, we resolved it, I said sorry, O said sorry, we're happy, yay, and he's wearing a turtleneck sweater which appears to be covering up the tattoos that he didn't get till like three months after filming was over. It makes me wonder if like there has been some sort of concerted effort because bottom line, Elijah Wan and Katina decided to stay together. So fucked up dynamic or not, they're still together. And Elijah Wan is Elijah Wan. And did he like really commission for them to be able to like be able to make this fake selfie video that would be important. You know what I'm saying? It was reshot. Yes. It, or it was shot for the first time or whatever, and post decision. Yes. And that is, you know, it's very likely that that's just because like production didn't get the shots they needed and they asked them that for help, you know, to like fill it out. But you're just like, it feels like there is a freaking campaign to convince all of us that this is a good relationship. Yeah. And I don't understand it. I'm so spun around with this because that's what everyone who's a part of this show, from the experts to the couples themselves to Keisha on the after party. Yeah. Everyone is, yeah, trying to show and highlight for the, for us that this is a successful thing. Then I go on Twitter while the show's airing mm-hmm. and everyone else it seems like has our perspective of it. Okay. Like That's everyone else is like I try not to look before so that I, I just can. do quick quick glances just to get a pulse, a mm-hmm. pulse on the <laughs> social media. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, obviously Twitter isn't everything, but I'm like, okay, everyone else, it seems like, agrees that with That actually is a relief us, to me. Okay. You know, and I'm like, I just, I have such a hard time with just using the word passion to do so much. Yes. It covers okay. up Again, so much. And that got used a lot in After Party, particularly. And it really pissed me off. And I am having a hard time. I guess my biggest takeaway with Olajuwon is I'm having a hard time squaring away what the real personality is. Yeah. Because sometimes the more he talks, the less I believe him. He was doing this, like, okay, when he was doing Dr. Pepper, when he was meeting one-on-one with Dr. Pepper, mm-hmm. he, she would ask him questions like, did you apologize? And I feel like he repeats himself when he's not being authentic. That's just an observation mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, did did you apologize? Of course, of course, of well, course. Well, he of talks course. at if, and he goes in circles to a point where you don't even know what's happening anymore. Yeah, and then he goes, yes, 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 yes. And I feel like in those situations, he gets buttoned up and he knows what he needs to, he knows the words that he needs to say to get through, the to get sure. through the yeah. question. Yeah. And then we all end up, not we, but you know, we, generally we yeah. all end up going. Okay, that was that was a good enough answer. Oh, we believe you. I guess. But we're moving, moving on, on, right? You know, and I just have a hard time. I'm like, what is it? What is the real thing? Well, I have. I had to film this. Okay. These were O's final words at after party. Okay. And I was trying so hard to make sense of like. What is at the core of this sentence? Like, can I follow it logically? And I had to rewind it and it made just as little sense to me. And I think that this is like the perfect example of how he, it's like he creates confusion manipulatively. I I don't think it's on purpose in that I don't think he knows actively he's doing it, but I think that this is like a part of his MO. Okay, here we go. that mean what was that sentence literally as a teacher as a learner i was more confused the second time we we heard it back (laughs) and now i'm more confused than i was the second time i heard it. i've never had anyone challenge me so much and also make me question who i am every day who i am every day but also accept me for who i am every day and also teacher also learner I can't. No. That sounds like I... A whole bucket of bullshit is what it sounds yeah. like. It's like, I, here are the 15 buzzwords yeah. of a positive relationship, <laughs> acceptance, exactly. growing, learning, teaching, teaching, challenging, um, all just mashed into an alphabet soup of BS. Of mash. Of BS mash. Of gruel. Nothing but gruel. <laughs> gruel bullshit omelets. Gruel. Okay, do we have any other thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, I guess what uh, the hardest part for me is how to square away the fact that and how to talk about this couple mm-hmm. based off of 
the fact that Who they're presenting themselves as. Well, and based seeing. off the fact that from every indication, they say yes and continue after decision day. Right. You know, and I, like I said, you know, I feel like I'm getting tricked a little bit and I'm like, am I way off here or I know not? So, I mean, bottom line is tell us we what would, you think. We would love to be way off, right? Like, yeah, we no, would I'm not- love to be off. We would love to find out that like there's this abundant beautiful, um, freeing love relationship that is somehow not getting caught on camera and where they're like both being fully themselves and just showering each other with love every day. I would love to find out that that's actually the case. But I mean, there I is can't. a chance that there's certain things that aren't being shown. I mean, sure, but the, the whole beach volleyball thing, there's a chance that Katina... Got a chance to speak there, and it was cut. Yeah, yeah I don't know. TBD, I don't know. dude. I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Stephen Noy. Let's. So, we've got our Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal time. Dr. Pepper and Steve sit down. At Dr. Pepper. Oh, we also need to just, I know we rediscover this every year. She is so short. Like Dr. The, Pepper? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, Steve's a pretty tall guy, but yeah. She's... No, but even next to the girls, like, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, you could be 4'10". Very likely. She's so cute. Um, and she gets a beer. I was like, oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, if she drank this beer really till the end and, like, started? She yeah, was... what was that drink? I don't know. It was clearly it was... a beer. Yeah, it was like a pink. It was like an IPA. An IPA. <laughs> Anyways, so. Something that I loved that Dr. Pepper said when she was talking to Steve, you're not the problem. I'm not the problem. The problem is the problem. And we're going to fix it together. I was like, oh my God, that is the most simple semantics reframe that can get you out of just accusing your partner of making you feel all the fucked up feelings you're feeling at any given moment. Like any issue that causes like a lot of severe doubt or of course that's all on a spectrum. But I love the idea of like, they are not the problem. The problem is the problem. And we're on the same team and we're going to tackle this shared problem. I love that. Sometimes you got 99 problems. And, <laughs> and what is Sometimes one. you only have one problem. <laughs> um. He brings up the social media stories. So this is clearly one of his biggest disturbances. And DP fully has his back and is like, yeah, running to social media to say your feelings instead of to you is not okay. Something that she really um, harps on in their meeting that I thought was insightful and I wouldn't have necessarily summed it up in this way is that Noi makes a lot of her decisions, choices, opinions uh, based on fear, that she's like kind of a fear-based person and it gets her very, like it makes her very rigid on the things she's very rigid about. Yeah. And she did bring up that she knows Noi is insecure about, you know, future and stability and money and she just really encourages Steve to like, okay, and this is just a side note, we have officially confirmed in this episode that indeed our suspicions are correct, not some massive 
Life-changing conversation has not been held back from us. We are two weeks away from decision day. Noi has been bitching about this thing to everyone else and the internet, but this couple has still not sat down and had a real logistical conversation about finances and the future and how much money Steve has in his freaking bank account and what he can make if he is working freelance. This conversation still hasn't happened. And we had that confirmed on both ends, which literally boggles the fucking mind. Okay. I am so tired oh my of God. hearing the word plan when it comes to this couple. Well, because you like, can only pontificate in circles around something you haven't actually talked about. I know, but the, for after, so many times. after their one-on-one, Steve's like, I have a plan and I would like to show you my plan. Can we have a conversation about the plan? We haven't yet talked about the plan, but there's a plan. Noi, there's no plan. Uh, I need a plan. It's like, stop with the plan. Just talk about it. I'm tired of talking about the plan. Right. So, I mean, he does admit to her that like he has some alarm bells, you know, in the fact that like she's just obsessed with him working full time as like bringing value to this relationship Blah, blah, blah. And she sort of reiterated to him, like, Noi does a lot out of fear. She has a lot of trauma from her past around stability and money. And I think you need to go deeper with that. And also, you need to initiate these planning conversations. If she's not going to, you need to initiate mm-hmm. them. So I'm like, okay, thank you. Then we get Pastor Cal and Noi. He brings up the social media stuff right away, which I was very happy that he was just like, yeah, we're going to talk about this. And she hears him out, but we'll get to what her takeaway is. Very Um, interesting. He asks her her insecurities and she brings up finances and that she basically wants to know, can you get and hold down a job? How will we provide for our children? And like, I think something that really bothers me at this point is the way that Noi talks about it to everyone else very much frames him, like I said last week, as kind of a deadbeat. She does it always in jest and like very like, um, like I'd like to know if my man could like get a job and like hold one. Uh, isn't that pretty basic? You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, those things are true. And that is pretty basic. But you're also leaving out these huge chunks of the conversation, which we elaborate on later, which is that Steve has been wildly successful. He has built an app from scratch. He's sold an app before. He does all of these different, really important things in the world of tech, like to choose from. Like the man is an actual entrepreneur. And it's like she has completely, I don't know if this is like a limitation in her worldview around money and work because of her past, but it's like she's forgotten that an essential part of like the corporate structure is there's bosses and business owners and CEO, you know, and like self-employed people that are very rich. And like, what, like, did you forget about like the highest part of the hierarchy is not being employed by someone else. It's actually being at the very top. Yeah. And it's like, she has no concept of that. Definitely. No, I agree. I, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. It's like she, yeah, she, her worldview and her experience with her family and her past have shown her that the only way to be successful hustle and grind is exactly, exactly. And it's almost like, and we saw this with the three kid conversation earlier in the season. 
It's mm-hmm. like she, her worldview needs to be expanded a little bit and think of like everything is every she operates off of just 100% her own ex- past, experience. past experience. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's like, like she has blinders with on. the conversation. It's like she never considered that her yeah. kid could have developmental right. issues, you know, or like or, or it would be she, hard to have yeah. kids or and oh, you know, and she's. And then much in the same way with this conversation yes. with Steve, it's like, oh, you can have money and not be working like full time for someone else. Yeah, for sure. Like everything is just very rigid. And I will say something that I appreciate about Pastor Kyle is he basically coaxes her to rather than say things in all these like snarky side comment ways, just admit that you have a need. Yeah. And that is financial stability in a way that not everyone has like at the level you do. This is a need for you, not a want. Own it. Yeah. And now you need to have conversations that deal with that need you have. Yeah. And she admits she has not had the conversations around this because conversations like this are hard for me. I'm really working on trying to find my voice in my relationship. I was just like, this is literally communication 101. <laughs> like, it it just is. Yeah. Like, bottom line, you're talking to everyone else about this concern. You make off-the-cuff random remarks to him. But we. Th- it also became clear, Steve has tried to do a sit-down about this before. And she hasn't wanted to and has had excuses. It's just, oh, my God. It's just fascinating to me. Like, I'm like, here you want and need something so bad. And... You're going everywhere else, including the fucking internet, except your freaking husband, who's the person that you need to be talking to about this. So then we fast forward. We're debriefing. I would say that this felt like one of the more tense debriefs, but Mm -hmm. I also feel like it was productive. So he brings up the social media stuff. He, okay, and it goes without saying that And something that I really like about the system that the experts have set up with this specific thing is that they send each individual back to their person with at least three specific questions, which I love. And so he has been sent back to her to ask, why is it so important for her to broadcast her feelings to the internet? And she's maintaining maintaining that the when you deserve better you do quote is not about him was not about him but sometimes she does feel that way in the marriage lol what are you talking about so what so you in that moment were not posting it like because you weren't feeling that in that exact moment you posted it because you had been feeling it like, please. On this your is stories, no less. Ridiculous. Like, and he brings up, like, he's had multiple family members reach out to him. Yeah. Um, both times she's done this. Well, the whole point is, whether it's about him or not, which it is. Right. It looks like it it's looks about like him. It looks like it is. So that's he's all that matters. the only new part of her life. Yes, exactly. And she's posting cryptic shit. Like, when people post cryptic shit on the internet, it's because they want people to read into it yeah. and maybe understand what they're feeling and thinking. So she has an interesting take. And this is the side of Noi that just like 
bugs the shit out of me. She says, you know, I hear you. And Pastor Cal did also say that I shouldn't be sharing anything about our marriage on social media. And, you know, I hear you guys and I respect what you guys are saying. But like, also, it's my social media. So like, you know, I mean, I can kind of do what I want. And he's like, wait, but do you respect it then? Like, how could you respect it if that's what so you think? I was so baffled when she said this. He's like, I don't want this in a relationship, period. This is a deep concern. And she just smugly is like, we agree to disagree. Other than the money, this is their biggest thing. Yeah. And she is not really, She's like, not making it. any... To real effort no. that we can see that this is going to be a changed thing. And I'm no. like, and it's weird because it, it is so small, but like I said, I mean, it's like, it should be so inconsequential, but because this is one of two things that they're. Well, and she's fighting it. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, because this is one of their only two issues, like this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. <laughs> you know, and you need to be able to, show that you're willing to accept that this isn't okay that this isn't all right <laughs> and then he is like okay well since i know that post was about me i am curious to know what more you deserve clearly this is a thing and i would like to know and she brings up i need a partner who can show me they're financially secure i was poor i'm not a complacent person i love you but you're so relaxed about just figuring it out and it's unnerving for me how are you going to make me feel secure? And he's like, I would like to sit down and talk and plan out how we're going to go financially. He explicitly does not promise her that he will get a full-time job. I think because he knows when she sees the numbers and I do the math for her, which he implies later when they sit down is, you know, I might be able to make the same, if not more, working for myself as I would working for another company. And he says, I'm not 100% closed off to going and working full time, but I at least, I think he's just banking on, I'm going to show her the money. I'm going to show her the numbers. And anyone with sense and reason, if I prove to her that I can make the same or more not going into an office five days a week, she's of course going to see that it shouldn't matter. Yeah. I think that's what he's banking on. And I just am like, do it already then, yeah, for the love of God. The spreadsheet comes out. Finally, we get the computer finance moment, the moment we've all been waiting for. I'm like, come on, cough it up, Steve. She needs to see some form of income. I'm a little... Which they didn't show. They did not. And like, they got I, more into I have to, and kids. And yeah, we were talking about other stuff, like necessities and budgets and... I have to think he just really does not want his account balances yeah. to be spoken on camera. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty valid. And maybe Jose from last season could have taken a note and he wouldn't have gotten so much shit for his whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she still looks perplexed by the idea of him not working full time because he says something around that. And she just looks confused. But whatever. I have to believe that he has assuaged her. Yeah. And obviously, on After Party, Steve is on it. And Keisha brings up the number that 
Noi had said last week of 40,000. And he basically kind of laughs and is like, oh, <laughs> yeah, if that's what she's worried about, uh, she has nothing to worry about. Yeah. If that's her number, she's fine. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. Like. It was put to bed. He's got money. better be put to bed. They, they don't show them really getting into this like we mentioned on the spreadsheet. However, this conversation ends with them talking about kids. Yeah. And timelines for kids and both Steve and Noy seem to be game for having a kid within the next year. Which I'm like, having a kid in the next year, do you mean conceiving the kid in the next year or literally having the kid in the next year? Because that means that you need to like get pregnant now. Yeah. That was like a little shocking to me. Yeah. But I think conceive in the next year. I hope so. But he's game. Yeah. Which was a surprise. Which was a surprise. But I think that's because off not being shown was, okay, here's the financial security. Right. I think. Who knows? That's a good point. Um, she was sick, so she didn't go to volleyball date. So we didn't have any, like, earth shattering. Not like we would have anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. So, any other thoughts on them? No. I just, Noi is annoying. Okay. Noi Moy is annoying, and I think she means well, but there is some certain, I mean, I know she does, and I think that this couple is going to be fine, and I think that this couple is going to be fine largely thanks to Steve and the fact that he is much, much, much more mature and patient than Noi is, and that is what is their lifeline, and yeah. that is why they will survive. Yeah, I agree. You can't spell annoy without Noi. It's true. Moving on to our cringe couple, <laughs> Lindsay and Mark. We literally open right out the gate with like the most stressful scenario. Oh, it is just. We open right away. Fight. They're fighting in the kitchen. She's, you know, this is after the heinous photo shoot night, right? This is like directly after. Yeah. Yes. And where like the heinous conversation happened where she was like, I'm done. I'm done. Because she grabbed his arm. Yeah. So she, they're in the kitchen. She's going off. You haven't been consistent. You don't show up. I don't want to feel awful all the time. Blah, blah, blah. He keeps trying to bring it back to like, I've asked for things as well. And you haven't listened. And she just, it, it, it. It needs to be, like, reiterated. Lindsay has a pattern of not taking any responsibility, but saying that she's the kind of person who takes responsibility, right? So she can never, ever just admit, like, okay, yeah, that fair, fair, fair. No, everything's, no, no, no. And he's trying to make it about, like, we have very different styles of communication, you tend to bring a lot of negativity into the relationship. And I am wondering when you're going to bring positivity into the relationship. And she freaks out and she's like, what are you going to do for me, Mark? I've done everything for you. I've given up everything. Now she's sobbing, borderline yelling. It just keeps going on and on. It's a back and forth. I'm so exhausted by this cycle. Exhausted. Exhausted. And he keeps trying to basically say, I try, but you're a difficult person. Like, you're really hard for me. And she ends up storming out. 
after, which is her classic MO. And we get into this a little more. I will say there's clearly been some, I, I can't stand this couple and I don't have hope for their future. I really don't because I think there's too much that they both have to work on and too much that they trigger in each other. Yeah. But I do think there were some breakthroughs. Yes, I, I would agree with that. So we have Mark with Pastor Cal. Pastor Cal basically says, it goes without saying, we all agree her delivery sucks. We, My, oh, go. We get it. the montage of all of their fights and it is just so bad. I mean, it's so bad. Like the way that they, when you see them all together like that, yeah. it's like, oh my God. I was going to say, so they show the montage and he goes, we can work on her delivery. And I wrote, can we? Right. Like, he acts can like, we, though? we don't have to worry about that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know if we say... can. It might be set in stone. Yeah. <laughs> he did say, if you don't tell someone how to treat you, they will decide how they will treat you. So he's, I mean, he takes a similar approach as he did with Katina. Which is, let's find out what's at the root of why she reacts so, like, aggressively and rudely. Like, have you asked her? Have you tried to dig from that perspective outside of conflict? So basically, Pastor Cal helps him identify that the reason why he gets he gets so triggered by Lindsay, which I would argue most people would be triggered by being talked to like that every time. But um, is that like her yelling and her bombasticness reminds him of growing up and his parents fighting and his mom berating his dad. And his dad also seems like he sucked and was like a part of the dynamic as well in his own way. And Pastor Cal gets him to admit that like maybe he's afraid of being his father. And this is very emotional for him. Mm -hmm. And it did make me wonder, like, because it seems like his mom was more of the aggressor and the lasher outer, and dad was more like would try to push her buttons by not giving her anything. Yeah. And it's almost like he's such a boundaryless pushover in his life because of his fear of either being like dad or being stuck in a. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Falling into that dynamic. Yeah. Like, I'm not totally clear on what that original thing was, but clearly they fought a lot and it was traumatizing for mm -hmm. him. And, you know, he makes the point to be like, Lindsay is not your mom. Yeah. Don't, like, transfer. Which is all valid, but I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, wait. So, Pastor Cow, you and the other psychological experts thought that it would be a great idea to set up two people who are absolutely going to bring out each other's, like, all their past patterns and trauma. It's like, you you created this situation. Yeah. Like, you said, it's one thing when we're in, the, it's, we've talked about this before, too. But, like, when people are in the world, yes, it's facts that people are drawn to people oftentimes that will basically repeat dynamics they've already lived through before because and and that can be for better or for worse of course because at the end of the day we all as human beings we are drawn to like what we know yeah. even if it's bad you know but it's like so we can all look at people dating in the world and like that girl with that boyfriend and be like oh god like 
she clearly just got with him and is repeating her messed up daddy issue cycle, you know? And she's not aware of it, so she just keeps remaking the same decision. That's one thing. But when you have the experts set you up with, like, the actual manifestation of all of your past trauma and patterns that you lived through, it's a little, I mean, again, like, obviously we know that the experts can't predict everything, and they obviously thought the fact that their traumas were similar was a good thing. But this is a perfect example of maybe why that's not a good thing when it's like fully match for match because with what they went through, you know, when it's so similar, it's like you're just bringing out and repeating these fucked up dynamics almost like it feels like you guys have no control over it. That's their MO though. You have trauma? You have trauma? Okay, let's put them together. I know. It pisses me off. Like that's not enough to sustain something healthy and strong on its face, you know? So, I mean, he basically implies he figured that eventually they would just magically start communicating better and they're not. And Lindsay hasn't changed. So what am I supposed to do about that? And Pastor Cal, of course, he's always going to push working on it, the effort, you know, he's always, he's not about falling into anything or stumbling upon anything. He's like, you create everything. Yeah. To the point that I don't always agree with him. But a lot of times I think he makes some good points with around this, you know. Um, and he's just kind of like, he's like, he. I just, did you feel like Pastor Cal was giving him false hope? Mm, maybe. I mean, that's where we're at with this couple, though, is, try, is trying to stir up generate some false hope. hope. Yeah, or generate hope by any means necessary. It just felt a little like he's like, oh, we've got this. Yeah. You've got yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is try, you know. And then Lynn's and Dr. Pepper, I was just relieved she was drinking coffee and not alcohol. Um, yeah, I was like, this is good. A yeah. The mor- morning, she's fresh. Yeah. And she may, she brings up her little philosophy, which I loved that Dr. Pepper poked some holes in. She was like, it's like I said to Mark, I, I will walk into anything and I give you all my love. Until you give me reason not to. And then when you give me reason not to, it's all gone. And Dr. Pepper's like, wait, that's like a fucking terrible way to live life and have expectations of others. And it's an interesting thing because I feel like Lindsay wears that character trait as kind of like a badge of honor. Like I tell people, you know, I'm here. I love you. I trust you. But if you do me dirty, you're, you know, you're in the doghouse for life. It's yeah. like, Ugh, wait, but no one insane. can stand up to that. Yeah. Like that's way too much pressure for anyone. Like for you to act like your relationship is not going to go through peaks and valleys. Like no one stands a chance with you. So Dr. Pepper was big on like, you need to stop forecasting. You need I thought to that was a great you know, obviously, we talk our fair share of shit against the experts, but I will say that I that, loved that. Piece that was of a advice. great piece of advice yeah. for me. I thought that yeah. was like, oh, that's solid. Yeah, because the forecasting is just damaging. Yeah, you for like it's making him insecure be in is what she's saying. Yeah. yeah, and then we address her anger, and basically we figure out that her anger is really all just a cover for sadness mm-hmm. and that she cannot deal with expressing her sadness because she wasn't allowed to growing up and she was made to feel like crying and expressing sadness was small and dramatic and whatever. And of course that makes a child feel unheard and unvalidated. And so over time 
It's like she's built this up as like this is her only she thinks this is her only way to be heard. So the yeah. second she feels shame or like you're dismissing her or you don't agree with her and like think what she thinks is stupid, she's going to react and fly off the handle because she thinks that's the only way to get her point across. Yeah. And really what it's doing, which gets more established later, it's just perpetuating their whole cycle because what's that's doing? That's triggering Mark's, all of his buttons from his childhood of being screamed at by her, which makes him, yes, shut down, not want to show up to the house every day, not want to hang out with Lindsay every day. He recoils because he's like, you remind me of my screaming mom. And now I don't want to be close to you, understandably. And now you're feeling insecure because you're not getting the affection from me that you want and require, which then is going to make you lash out again because you're feeling small and rejected. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's I all... did think that we really like these expert meetings really pulled out like the core of each of their issues and how they very much perpetuate the others in a cycle that never ends. So I thought that that was like a really good thing that she helped her identify. And she just encourages her like, rather than freak out, get curious. Even if you feel upset by what he just said, bottom line is you either you don't like it or you don't fully understand it. So ask some questions instead of reacting when you're hurt or like ask a question, you know, view, view the reach outs he does do or him trying to express himself as a bid. Bids. I was so like, we got a lot of bid talk, which is like from the John Gottman Four Horsemen books, which are amazing. And I look for that word every week when we're recording and I can never find it. And I always end up saying like extension or reach out, but bid, that is the word. And this is something that they both do to each other is shut down each other's bids constantly. And that keeps the cycle going. So they get back home, they debrief. They're, they're both emotional and they both admit like, it's, it's like the softest and most like, I feel like mutually humble and authentic. We've seen them be together. Um, cause even when like he's had raw moments and she's being quote there for him, she's usually there for him in sort of a superiority complex way. Yes. Like, Oh, I just, he has so much to work through. And it's like, bitch, you have so much to work through too. And I felt like they were both like just coming to each other, like open hearted, like yeah, I have this trigger and I have this trigger and it makes me feel this way. And then I do this and then that, you know, I feel like they figured it out in a way. A little bit of hope springing. Yeah. Yeah. And it weirded me out when he did say that he knows like eventually his mom and his grandma are, will, are going to die and he's going to need unconditional love from someone. I was like, Ooh, don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't. Let's rephrase that a little bit. I get bit. what he, Mark is a foot and mouth guy. Like he's constantly putting his foot in his mouth where I know exactly what he's trying to say, but he says it in a way that makes you go, not that. Like yeah. Mark, that's the last I, thing I any you, girl wants to hear. Like is I've been thinking about it and like, when my mom dies, I'm going to need a replacement of her love. And so you would be a really great candidate for that. <laughs> it's like, stop. Yeah. No girl wants to hear that they're a mom replacement, no. you know? Um, 
I did put like countdown to shit show starts now. I mean, how can it not? It always has with this couple. It, it's like uh, this workplace has an experience an accident in X amount of days. That's what it's like for them. Someone's always erasing the whiteboard. <laughs> it's so true. So them, they are the other main couple that had like breakthrough moments slash tension slash some drama at the volleyball game. Mm-hmm. And once again, like Lindsay st- literally is about to start a sentence. Like she's the first person to answer Steve about how's your marriage doing. She starts to say something about I something about sadness and anger. She said, I feel like boom. And, then- and it looks like she's like about to be real. And then she fully deflects with this ridiculous stunt. About the volleyball and the ceiling and I'm look at it. I was wondering how that volleyball got there. I mean, what kind I of I just hit can't stop thinking about it. Nobody cares. Nobody, everyone is like, what the fuck? And you can, Pastor Cal's like, this is what she does. She deflects with her humor and she distracts with a completely unrelated story. <laughs> and it's embarrassing to watch and it keeps going, right? This is for me when, so I think this makes Mark recoil. Yes. Right away. He's like, oh, that's what we're back to. We're back to that. We're back to you doing your clown dance. Like, we just made super breakthroughs. And he, you know, what she talks about in After Party, what we saw of their them post-expert meeting was just a sliver. He was like, oh, it was so much deeper than that. We were both crying together, holding each other on the couch. Like, there was so much more that they accomplished that night emotionally. And so... I think for him, he gets very put off by, this is another element of it that I don't think he's like specifically addressed yet. It would have been a good thing for him to address, but it's still smaller in the umbrella of bigger problems they have, but is how she acts this way in front of other people. It looks childish. It just looks childish. Yeah. and And I think for him, he's like, really? After all those breakthroughs we just had the other day, like, Because then when she eventually comes back around after the stupid volleyball distraction, she sort of does a, as most people do when they do this. So, yeah, anyways, I mean, I just learned that blah, 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 and da, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's, I felt like when she did go back to that point, it was back to the old Lindsay ways of describing herself, like, you know, I'm just trying and all I can do is try. But like, you know, I, I have to like it yeah. wasn't taking no, full a thousand, ownership. A thousand percent. I, it was I like that's why he's triggered now, because he's like, oh, you're back to that. Well, things like seemingly get better after this talk. And now we're using the negative language again. Right. You know, right. And she's right, operating right. off of it out of a deficit mindset once again. Yeah. And it's like that volleyball, her talking about the volleyball, like just jarred her back to old Old brains, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And then when we have, so when we have Pastor Cal and um, Dr. Peps come back out, so it's one thing that we missed that we didn't say. So the, after that happens, she does like she's trying to reestablish her emotional connection with him. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, did she realize that she bugged him with that answer? Did she, could she feel him pulling away a little bit? Like, what the hell? And she responds immediately with like, she's, you know, big with the touchy touchy. Let me arm grab you. Let me try and hold your hand. Let me like, oh, I'm giggling in your face. We're laughing together. And he's not giving her 
anything. I thought Mark's Adirondack chair was going to tip over with how far away <laughs> yeah. he was sitting from her. And I was Seriously. like, this chair's going to break it, it, because it's it's like he, he was like sinking in the furthest corner that he could get. Yeah. He's trying to hide <laughs> right next to her. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that was and I I appreciated that past. I think that sometimes I get really so focused on how inappropriate and unokay. Lindsay's behavior is that I do understand where Mark is coming from when he pulls away from her. That I do forget that he is shutting down her bids after her bad yeah. behavior a lot. Mm-hmm. When she is trying to reconnect and fix what she did. And if he's not going to receive it, then she's just going to double down. Yeah. And they're going to. And he's going to double down in distance out of anger at her doubling down at being a bitch and saying some more bad things, you know, and I. I put this more like to assign blame pie here. Yeah. This I, I put this on Mark. Yeah. This whole volleyball time. I, I, I think that you just had this conversation. Yeah, you get annoyed. You got annoyed probably that she kind of like deflected at the beginning. But you also you had the opportunity. You could have chimed in. Yeah. And you could have spoken up on what your perspective of what you guys have just worked through is. And instead you let her take the lead on everything and use it as cop outs to not try. Yeah. I, I think like, like that was not a good a little, look, him sinking yeah. to the other side of the chair yeah. moving away from her. But it, it was, was not a good look. It was also crazy to watch it in action yeah. though, because here we just talk about all these fucked up dynamics and the triggers that they both like symbolize for each other and then to watch like in real time him completely shut down and completely like the most you can run away in a chair next to a person he did and so I thought that that was really um I mean it was just like eye-opening to watch it in action and Dr. Pepper does bring up that you know, Lindsay was really reaching out to you there and you were really pulling away. And that touching when you're upset is a a good way to like remember that you're still in connection. Very similar to like the eye contact thing. Lindsay needs to know you're there and that you're still in it. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, that just, it makes sense. It's like when he recoils, he's recoiling out of avoidance, fear, shut down and she receives that as you're rejecting me. Yeah. And you can see it all before your eyes. Like Definitely. she takes it as repeated rejection. So if you can assure her, which they talked about this more on after party, like that, like I'm still here or I'm still in this, or I still really care about this relationship and I'm not okay with whatever, you know, was there anything else? There wasn't really anything else that came up for me in them with after party. I just felt like, Mark was really kissing O's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it goes off the rails again next week. So yeah, anytime you have someone trying to jump out of a moving car, it's probably not a good sign that your relationship is headed down the right path. Yeah, no. I mean, that's the thing is like these moments of respite for them. Again, I just think that their issues are both too enormous and too triggered by the other that I just don't. Yeah. I mean, here's no the thing at the end here. of the day, 14 days, this, the show, not the, this episode ended with a bit of hope for them. The end of the day. Yeah. And then the preview showed us that we shouldn't get hope. 
Yes. <laughs> but for power rankings purposes, I'm not taking into consideration next week's episode. Oh, okay. Okay, and finally, we have Michael and Jasmina. Let me just say, I think this couple did the best in terms of earnestly taking in their one-on-one sessions. Yes, yes. They like... They both took their feedback so well. They both had serious, like, eye-opening discoveries. And it was pretty magical when they came back together to debrief. Each of the other one's questions led into the other one's next question. They were all connected. I felt like this couple connected the dots. Like, all of those dots we were just talking about that were huge to be connected for MTS and Lens. I think this was like a way healthier version of that. And I thought it was really big. And they, she basically, like we realized through this that Michael needs to feel like she's being a little bit more vulnerable. And she realizes that she couldn't be more vulnerable until he was putting in more effort. And now she feels that he has been putting in that effort. And so she can be vulnerable so that he can feel closer to her to open up and tell her more things about his past, which is what she needs in order to have feelings grow more deeply. It's like everything begets the other thing. Begets. Yes. I was going to say beseech. Begets. 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 (laughs) So I thought something that was really eye-opening, and this is, okay, as we talked about last week. And as Pastor Cal brought up this week, a lot of people have feelings or love for someone before they fully realize that that's what's happening. And I firmly stand in my belief that Jasmina is an example of she, I really believe she has deeper feelings for Michael than she can fully look at right now. And I thought it was very eye-opening when Dr. Pepper was questioning her about like, why is there no... Well, and first we find out from Michael talking to Pastor Cal that they were at least doing um, goodnight kisses for like the first couple weeks, which shocked me. But that was it. And basically through conversation, she ended up admitting she was doing that out of obligation. And he was like, well, I don't want it to be coming from that place. And so they basically haven't kissed since, which we'll talk more about Pastor Cal's thoughts on that in a little bit. But Okay, something that I thought was really interesting because uh, Dr. Pepper is basically encouraging her to, you know, try even like literally basics of hand holding or sitting really close while talking. It can just really contribute to you connecting on a deeper level when you're getting to know someone. And (laughs) Tim just put his hand on my knee. I believe it. It's true. She doesn't, so she basically admits. That she does get caught up in the moment sometimes Mm -hmm. and want to kiss him. But she stops herself because she doesn't feel that way all the time yet. And because she doesn't feel that way all the time yet, she would view like kissing him or something almost like a false promise. Like she would feel guilty because she doesn't know if she's all in with him yet. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like the level of pressure you're putting on yourself. And Dr. Pepper is like, Jasmina, life is full of moments. He deserves to know that you sometimes have moments 
where you get swept away by him. Like he deserves to know when those moments are happening because those are little confidence boosters slash like just let you know that there's any hope at all. And she's so afraid to let him know any of them because it's somehow signing her life away. And it's like, little does she know if she would just let herself get swept away when she is genuinely swept away, those moments tend to build on each other. It's almost like, you know, and then she she goes, it's not like I'm uncomfortable when he touches me. It's just I don't feel anything. Ugh. Which we need to stop that vocabulary. Stop we need to that. change that with those words around because yeah. that's not true. I think she's viewing it as I'm she, not in love. Exactly. Or she every single time they touch needs to feel rainbows and butterflies. Right. And it's like that's not how this goes. No, like, and especially we need to remember that the only long-term relationships Jasmina has been in are long distance. Great point. Which are all built around anticipation, build up, yeah. missing, missing the person, the you know, these explosive meetings that you have, whatever, whether it's once a month, once every few weeks, once every couple months. It's a different kind of thing that's different than living daily life with someone. And you never, she's never experienced crossing over out of that phase into the daily life kind of love. Yeah. And it's almost like she's holding this up against that and there really is no comparison. And she needed to be like given permission to like, you don't have to feel this every second of every day to mean that it's a real feeling. Yeah. Exactly. And Dr. Pepper reminds her, like, um, also, like, in the long run, you can't, like, it is unsustainable to feel googly every single day yeah. about your person. Like, it's just not humanly possible. I just thought that that was a really great point, And I think something different clicked for her. And she realized, like, oh, I could also be, I could be doing something for the relationship by allowing myself to get swept up in those moments rather than resisting them. And, of course, that's a big focus with Michael and Pastor Cal as well. And Pastor Cal is kind of like, what would happen if you reached out and touched her, if you initiated? And he's really encouraging him to, like, do some initiation, which I support and think needs to happen. I don't love his theory on, so, like, Michael explains to him the whole thing. We were kissing. Yeah. And then I said, well, I don't want you to do that out of obligation. And so we stopped. And then Pastor Cal's like, oh, Michael, that was a dumb move. You let her off the hook? It was just kind of weird. It's just gross around anything. I'm sorry, but when we're talking about physical, sexual uh, affection, I just think, especially as a man, you have no right to say that she she should be doing that out of obligation. Like I, I take. I his, get the point. I get what I he's trying to say. I take his bigger point in yeah. connection to what he was saying about Michael and his growth, which is that epiphany that Michael put in the work day by day by day when he was not feeling connected to her yet as a person and wasn't feeling romantic feelings for her yet. And Pastor Cal is viewing this whole journey that they've taken as proof of his theory. That basically anyone, if you do the work, you can, the feelings will follow. And again, it's like a lot of things with him where I like the sentiment to a point, 
And I like it, especially for an already existing married couple. But I struggle when we're talking about people who literally did not know each other four weeks ago. When I feel like you're making very black and white statements about how all love works and all feelings work. And like, if she just had to kiss you every night out of responsibility, she would have eventually fallen for you. I'm, I'm just like, that's tricky territory to go into when we're talking about sexuality and we're talking about the woman in the situation. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I'm like, mm-hmm, or, or a lot of this is right, but maybe we can leave that part out of it in terms of keeping her quote on the hook for obligation. Yeah, it was just phrased. It was it was I just phrased like it. interestingly, and I mean, here's the thing. Last week. I think we were both pretty like, okay, Michael's doing all this stuff to make growth. Jasmina. I know. Like, and now I'm actually full Me team. Too. Michael needs to make some moves here. Yeah. And, and I get why he has been apprehensive, you know, because yeah. um, he hasn't wanted to cross any lines. And she specifically, you know, told him a couple weeks and she was doing it out of obligation and So he probably viewed it like, okay, well, when she's ready to not do that out of obligation, she'll tell me. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time, you've got to cultivate the sexy so that she wants to kiss you, you know? So basically, Pastor Cal challenges him to, like, rise up and step up. And he did do, like, a air boob grab that I never want to see him do again. Oh, he did? (laughs) Yeah, he went, I'm not, you know, be a gentleman. I'm not talking. Oh, I think I was looking down and typing. <laughs> it was not my favorite thing oh, to see Pastor Cal do. I'm so Cal happy. I'm, I was spared. <laughs> but they debrief and they have, like we said, that great talk. So he asks her, do you think chemistry can be built over time? And of course, I got nervous about this because we've heard her repeatedly say, I feel nothing. She said she knows that the physical will come if the feelings are there. She's worried about the feelings being there, which goes into her last question, which is, you know, she needed to know what he needs to feel more comfortable for them to have deeper conversations and for her to, like, get to know him on a deeper level. I thought it was funny. He was, like, saying, you know, I, like, genuinely like being around you now, which is cool. <laughs> I'm like, sure. But overall, I felt like, at least leading into the volleyball thing, you guys got this. Like, you both want it really bad. And now we just need the final pieces, which is, like, some fire and passion that I personally think can come with, like, like, they need to just have a night where they, like, get drunk together and stay up really, really, really and talk about everything. Yeah. You know? Like, it could be as simple as that. But... I would say the only thing that's sort of like, which Jasmina has this habit of popping my bubbles. Mm. Like the second you're feeling hopeful about them, she's got to just like twist the knife a little bit. And I felt like they were both talking about how much they benefited from their time with the experts. And it was all very positive. And then Pastor Cal pried a little bit to see if what he was talking about with Michael was right. And he's like, are you comfortable with him taking more initiative physically? And she's like, it's not that I'm not comfortable when he touches me. It's just that I feel nothing. And I was like, why did you have to repeat that in front of the group, in front of everyone? 
it's also just a hurtful way to say this sentence to him. So I appreciated that Dr. Pepper was like, there's a better way to say this. When you say, I don't feel it, say, I don't feel it yet. Yeah. Don't just say, I feel nothing. I am dead inside. Because it sounds like a closed sentence and it sounds like there's no hope. Yeah. And it is just interesting too how what she's not saying is like even changing that vocabulary can change things for yourself. Yeah. Like I think something that this show that like the experts time with these people has reminded me it's an interesting thing that semantics are just semantics. And yet semantics carry so much weight because they impact the way we think about and thus act on everything in our lives. And that's why sometimes a simple semantics reframe, whether you're in therapy or you're in a fight with your partner, can like literally change everything because it can just fully flip the way you see something on its head, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It clears everything. So up. I think it could really help Jasmina, I guess, I is agree. my thesis of that. Is like if you start viewing it that way, I feel like when you say, I feel nothing, you've closed the door for yourself. Yeah. You know? Because what does that make anyone feel inside? You're panicking. And we all know she's like a bit of an anxious overthinker. And I feel like she's like, well, what does that mean? I mean, if I don't, if I if I feel nothing, then what can that mean for our future? You know, versus Out, outside of her saying that twice. Yeah, though, I will say I still think that this thing is definitely headed in the right I direction. I agree. I still feel a lot of hope for them, and I feel like there's just something so natural about their chemistry together. Um, as much as you know, we're saying all of our feelings about O and Katina, how like we feel so torn about them because we're upset and feel like. We are seeing who we're seeing their dynamic to really be has nothing to do with what Elijah Wan is presenting them as to the camera. But at the end of the day, what can you do if they are acting like they really believe that? Yeah. And this is a case where I'm choosing to, I don't know, I think there's so much more hope for them than they even see. Yeah. And I'm not like, I'm not taking Jasmine at face value because I don't with those comments because I think that she doesn't fully realize how much is really there. Yeah, right now I agree. Next week we have screaming, crying, fighting, and an IV drip hospital visit. This this <laughs> couples retreat is this looks like the most gnarly couples retreat we've ever seen. I love it. I'm so excited. I didn't know if we would be able to top someone destroying a rec room, but yeah. I think we, I think, I think we this, might supersede the Michaela meltdown. I think so. I think Hurricane K is going to look like Category Two storm compared to <laughs> everything going down in this. Oh my god! Oh man, I love it. Uh, you want ready for my power rankings? Yes, I am. I'm very curious. Okay, so because we didn't get a lot, it was mostly just, I mean, we got a lot of substance, obviously, with the one-on-ones, but like there wasn't a lot of activity. Right, or, there wasn't it was, a lot of um, it was, this mo- episode, it forward took, moving. It took two days. It was a two-day yeah, episode, it was like which is focused. not normal. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of a combination on 
how the feedback, how people took couples took feedback mixed with traditional standings on where we go. So coming at number four, I have Katina and Olajuwon. Okay. Um, At number three, I have Mark and Lindsay. At number two, I have Steve and Noy. And then still at my top spot, I have Michael and Jasmina. Okay, I would like an explanation. Yes, I'm, of, I'm ready. Of three and four. Three and four. Okay. Why is that not swapped? Um, I because thought, of our mayday? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. On its face, uh, is Mark and Lindsay, like, have the lowest chance of hope right now? Yes. Right. However, the... Isn't, I thought that was what these rankings were. I'm telling you, it was this week is a little combination of how you were able to take advice. And I feel like Katina and Olajuwon had the door closed to the experts. Yeah. They didn't really want outside input on anything. Yeah. The whole way that Olajuwon was with Dr. Pepper, I felt was unacceptable and uncalled for. Yeah. Mark and Lindsay have way more issues in their life. However, they took respond they took their feedback and i think we saw a little bit of hope and maybe we're setting up to for the mark and Lindsay to go back to the fourth spot next week okay i hear you oh my goodness these people do you think that i just have a like random guest question right okay. now how many couples do you think are going to walk away successfully from Decision Day, if any? Well, we already lost Chris and Alyssa. Pre- I forget they're on the show. Um, or th- they were on this season. I kind of think three out of the four. You think? I kind of do. It's so interesting, you know, because there's people online like, zero couples are making it. I know. I don't know why I'm optimistic. I shouldn't be. I mean, if you hear the way we talk about these couples every week, it's like there shouldn't be any optimism. But No, I can see at least two. So, yeah, Maybe minimum three. two? Maybe three, though. I mean, I see the third being the couple that, like, I don't want to work out, but, like, because of their strange dynamics, seem very obsessed with working out and what we, you know, continue Weirdly, I know this contradicts the power rankings, but, I mean... And maybe this is because of the tattoo-ness of it all hmm. and how that was botched by editors. Right. Uh, the only one that I think for sure are going to say yes is Katina Lajewa. I know. So, I don't know. They've got to really, like, you got to get better with that shit. Like, your fans are picking through it all yeah, with I a feel like we, comb. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't very hard to realize something was going on with the neck tattoo yeah. and when it took place. Like... It was a glaring yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, what a week. What a week. I do feel like we got a lot more substance this week than we did last week. And next week, we have couples retreat dreams. So hold on to your horses because that's going to be exciting. And I think we'll all be screaming at our televisions. But have amazing weekends and find us on social meds. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, leave us a review. It means the world. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.